Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Ragged Heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential, with your hosts, Angie and Marty. going not bad baby how you doing i'm good i'm good so as the intro said this is great lakes confidential with marty and angie obviously i'm angie that's marty hey hey so kind of in keeping with our our like spooky theme for the month of october we're going to talk today about northville psychiatric hospital or northville state hospital it had kind of interchangeable names Mm -hmm. for whatever reason much like the shoe trees that we talked about last week though uh, Northville Psychiatric is not a place where you should be visiting. It is very, very dangerous. Yes. It is highly discouraged. Don't go out there. If you do get caught sneaking around the place, chances are you're going to get arrested for trespassing. Just so that we are very clear, do not go to see this location. This is right. not one of the places that we're like, hey, this is great. Let's go visit and hang out and check it, you know, check shit out. Don't go there. Right. Absolutely not. So that's my that's my disclaimer to this. <laughs> to Perfect this episode, disclaimer. Yes. Because I'm not going to be held responsible for anybody uh, being arrested or I've heard stories about people who actually um, died out there. Um, or were were injured from exploring the place, so we don't want to do that. So, no. so one of the things about Northville Psychiatric that everybody seems to know about, except for me, because I didn't grow up down here, are the tunnels. That's right. Yes. So, you like when we started talking about this stuff, you seemed real fired up about these these tunnels. Oh um, my god! Yeah, the tunnels. I mean, they were like the like legendary scary place on the west side of Detroit if that makes sense like uh, I don't know what but you know what what they thought of the Northville tunnels over on the east side if they even knew about them but over here on the west side growing up it was uh, like the place to go for 
thrills and chills. And yeah, I didn't go, but you know, it was uh, uh, from what we understood the folklore of it all. You know, it was a series of tunnels built underground to uh, transport patients between buildings, and they were long abandoned, and uh, you know, later turned into you know, sites for satanic black masses from disaffected teens going down there and uh, whatnot. And, you know, me, I grew up, I was a terrified child, so I didn't go. But I had friends who went and uh, went and explored the place. And they never went too far into it because they'd get scared off by the graffiti, you know, just nothing but metal bands spray painted everywhere. And then you'd find animal bones and people would be like, that's enough. I found it. I, I, I know what this is all about. I'm leaving. And they'd come back to their car. and There'd be a ticket on their car or a cop waiting for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was the kind of stuff I didn't want to get involved with when I was a kid because I was a good kid. But, yeah, the Northville Tunnels, always a source of fascination, always just, a, you know, a terror, a haunted house in the area. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so the police were always on the grounds um, after it closed. There was security on the ground. The place was basically under um, supervision 24-7 because of people that would, you know, come out there and, and snoop around. And, um, yeah, there, it was it – was, it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it's an abandoned freaking building, not mm-hmm. just a building. Like, there's a – like, yeah, there's a lot. So – but you – so you – did you ever – did you ever know anybody that actually went in there or you just heard – My brother and some of his friends went. Okay. And uh, they were all minors at the time, uh, so only the kid who drove got in trouble mm-hmm. for illegal parking. He got a ticket. I think he had to actually show up for court for it too. Yeah. Like, they didn't – the cops out in Northville, they didn't joke around with that. Like they, they knew that it, you know, was a pretty dangerous spot. People could get hurt. I mean, it's decaying buildings and and whatnot yeah. underground. I mean, you know, you can't afford to have kids get lost down there or do whatever down right. there. So, you know, they wanted to keep everyone away from it. Now, the tunnels are what, um, what we really knew about. Like we didn't really, you know, we knew it was attached to a hospital. The hospital was still standing on Six Mile, so we didn't really you know, like think about the, the hospital because I believe the hospital was still in use, mm-hmm. you know, in the nineties. So, you know, we didn't really think about that as a place worth exploring. We just, you know, knew about the tunnels, mm-hmm. which were actually kind of set a little bit further back away from where the hospital was. So there's a lot of misconceptions that we had as children about the tunnels and the hospital and what was connected and what wasn't. So hopefully right. you can help clear that up today. I think I can. When um, Northville Psychiatric Hospital was was built, which was back in, so they started building it late 40s, um, early 50s, and they they um, moved the first patients in, actually January 1st of 1952. Mm-hmm. So when it was built, it was considered to be groundbreaking because any other like state hospitals at this time, 40s and 50s they were using padded rooms they had bars on the windows right pretty much what you expect when you see the old asylum yeah yeah exactly exactly motif Um, right so northville psychiatric the idea there was that they were going to take a more scientific approach to treatment of the mentally ill now when i say mentally ill i am using that term for what they use that term. And when they used that term back in like the 50s and whatever, it was all encompassing. So mentally ill could mean that you were completely psychotic, that you were a violent, um, you know, you were a, a murderer. It could mean that you had autism. 
-hmm. could mean that you were developmentally disabled. Like mentally ill was considered more of an all encompassing kind of umbrella term. And it's not that is not the same anymore. Um, It was just basically anyone that didn't fit in. Yes. We don't know what's wrong with you. We're just kind of going to catalog you away put you in a warehouse that's sort of how mental health was treated for far too long in this country right right exactly and as an aside i (laughs) i am mentally ill i have um bipolar disorder and i have um some anxiety issues and some depression issues and some i have an adjustment disorder which is super weird and today a little of this a little of that like a a nice potpourri yeah yeah exactly but today just happened to be one of the days where my anxiety really got the best of me so i'm still feeling i'm very tired from 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 being anxious today and i just feel kind of exhausted but we're going to try to get through this so hopefully i can (laughs) keep it together we got it you're doing good so far together for the listeners you're doing good so far all right so the idea was that they were going to take a more scientific approach and try other things so at Northville, what they did, um, they painted the walls different colors. So instead of everything being very sterile white, they had pastel colors. They had colorful chairs. They had music playing through the PA systems. Patients actually had access to music and art therapy. They could learn skills that, you mm-hmm. know, if they were ever discharged, they could use these skills out in the world. You know, there was a lot of... Attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really... they. At first, they were really yeah. trying. As far as the actual um, building, uh, buildings, the entire place, it was huge. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember how many acres of land it was, but it was a lot. Mm-hmm. So there were 22 buildings on the property. The hospital and its buildings, they were basically a self-sufficient city. Like, they even had their own water tower out there. Yeah. Like, it was groundbreaking. Like, seriously. Within Northville State Hospital, Northville Psychiatric, there was um, they had their own theater, chapel, bowling alley. They had their own morgue, a dentist office, pool, post office, gymnasium, rec room with pool tables. They had their own pharmacy, an auditorium, barber and beauty shop, a photography studio, massage room, exercise room, steam room, hydrotherapy room, an EEG room, operating rooms, mm-hmm. a sun deck. And the large kitchen even had a butcher shop. So very much built to be its own self-sustaining little city. Yes. And a lot of the, I don't, I don't want to say all because I'm not positive on this, but I do know that there were, um, there, I, uh, watched some videos of people and I'll get into that later, but I did watch a couple of videos of people talking about it and they also had employee housing Mm -hmm. right there, like on campus, I guess you could say. So the very first patients, like I said, were brought to um, Northville on January 1st of 1952. And at that time, they had 25 patients. So by this is this is crazy. So if you're doing math, this is nuts. So by 1957, so in five years, there were now 2000 patients at mm-hmm. this hospital. If you do the math on that, that's like 400 admins per year. Yeah. So you're talking an admin a day, right? which is a lot for like when you think about and like I've got a bit of a medical background, but when you think about admitting that many people per day that are considered to be mentally ill, Mm -hmm. that is a lot of fucking people. Right. Well, I mean, you keep in mind, too, it was, you know, the regional hospital. Right. For people with mental or physical, you know, disabilities. 
plus they probably at the time people didn't really know what to do and this this you know northville complex is offering this brand new sort of um take on 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 treating mental illness treating physical disabilities um treating mental disabilities that hopefully you know people people saw a lot of value in, mm-hmm. in what they saw in the in the brochure right. anyway you know they got a sun deck they got a butcher shop so right exactly they learned some skills while you're here exactly so by 1968 the population had dropped down to 1650 patients not real sure why the decline in patients but as again as somebody that's worked in healthcare when you've got that much of a decline in patients like there's something a right. little weird. Words right? getting out. Yeah. So in 1971, it was down to 900. Through the 70s and 80s, the population fluctuated between like 700 and like 1,110. In 1980, the hospital lost its accreditation. Mm-hmm. Not entirely clear on why that is, but by 1985, the Justice Department had found that there was overcrowding and staffing issues which were making the patients worse instead of better. State audits found mismanagement issues with the budgets, timekeeping, and equipment. So I don't know if, like, they lost... It wouldn't make sense for them to lose their accreditation five years before the Justice Department finds this stuff out. So I'm not... Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't really know what happened in 1980 that the accreditation was pulled, but that's a little weird. In the 90s, under Governor John Engler... Patients were starting to be moved to private care because it was hella expensive mm-hmm. to run these state facilities. Right. And Angler famously shut down yes. a lot of the facilities. Traverse City. Yep. There was um, the um, place in Ionia for the criminally insane. Mm-hmm. I think there was like six or seven state-run mental facilities that were closed down during that time and all of these patients were moved to private care Mm -hmm. now as somebody that has a lot of experience in private care these people were not like they're the the people taking care of these patients i can almost promise you were not adequately trained not even close to it for five dollars an hour that they were probably making in the 90s too yeah yeah exactly the place was still open in 95 but the population was down to 450 and by 1998 it was down to 360 and you think about again 2000 patients were mm-hmm. there in 1957 and now you're down to 239 patients by May of 2003 which is when the place closed up mm-hmm. so this so you think about like you just think about the the volume of patients and like the sprawling acreage, right? Yeah. And now you've got like essentially nobody there, right? Amongst twenty-two buildings, like. And, and the main building itself was, you know, built sort of like a jail where it was, you know, very tall mm-hmm. building, probably like twelve stories tall or something. Yeah. Maybe you know I'm exaggerating from I'm thinking back sh- on my youth, but yeah. I just remember, you know, as a kid driving past it. You know, you'd see it kind of set back off the road, and it seemed like this big, tall, scary, yeah. brutalist sort of building. Oh, I saw pictures. It was huge. Yeah. Huge place. Like like I said, I don't even know how many acres it is, but it's absolutely, like, massive. But as I said, in May of 2003, um, they started, they transferred all of these people, What you know, the patients that were left, which was 239, they, pay, they transferred them to other state facilities, 
Well, there were no, there, you know, by the early 2000s, like, there were no state facilities mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. Right. So there was a lot of something going on there. So cut back to 1963 during the Cold War, and this is where the tunnels kind of came into play. Mm-hmm. So the basement and the tunnels um, underneath of the hospital were designed as, um, they were designated as a fallout shelter. So that's that was the big reason why they had these tunnels and stuff yeah. down there. Um, and for moving patients as well. Or bodies. Uh, yeah, maybe. So there was enough food and water stashed for 17,000 people. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I don't even think there was 17,000 people that lived in Northville at that time. Right. Like, that's how, that's, yeah, that's so a lot. It was a very well-equipped hospital back in the day. It was. It was. As you said, there's been a lot of um, rumors about the tunnels. A lot of people believe that they were attached to other tunnels that were under the Wayne County Training School, which was nearby. Mm-hmm. And at the training school, um, there were a lot of development. My understanding of it is that that's where there was a lot of developmentally disabled children right. went to school there. As far as I've been able to find, there's not any truth to the tunnels being connected in any way, shape, or form. Right. Like, uh, when we were talking about this earlier and you first mentioned the Wayne County Training School, like, that's something that, you know, I didn't know about the training school. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the tunnels that we knew about, the ones that were located off of Sheldon Road, those, that was the training school. That wasn't actually the, the hospital. Right. Right. Yeah. They're separate. Mm -hmm. Like, they've got nothing to do with one another at all so as you said you know there there was a lot of rumors about satanism and and witchcraft and sacrifices and Mm -hmm. that's pretty much everybody that i've talked to that i've found has said that none of that stuff is true there's a lot of teenagers that went down and you know quote unquote sacrificed animals and you know judas priest yeah yeah really yeah just kind of you know whatever so my oldest actually Mm -hmm. um used to explore the place when he was a little bit younger he was like, yeah, it's super fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, there was a old abandoned asylum in Flint when I was in high school and we went and wandered through it. As a person that absolutely believes in spirits and otherworldly things, every, like, I could feel something there. Like, there was definitely... A vibe. Just something. A dark vibe. like. At one point, I thought somebody, like, you know how you feel somebody, like, walking up behind you sometimes? Mm -hmm. Like, I could feel somebody behind me, and when I turned around, there was absolutely nobody there. And it was just the fucking creepiest place I've ever been in. I remember we were walking, like, we had gone, it was a very large group of us. We split up so that we could, Mm -hmm. the idea was to cover the whole place and make sure that there was nobody else in there. So we split up, we each took an end, we went all the way upstairs, we met up. And then we went downstairs so that we could kind of, you know, clear yeah. like like we were the FBI or something. Right. I don't know, like a fucking SWAT team. I remember um, being on a level that being below a floor that we had just cleared, quote mm-hmm. unquote, cleared. And then hearing like footsteps, like like it sounded like people like somebody was running, but mm-hmm. we hadn't found anybody up there. So just a real fucking creep show <laughs> type right. place, you know. So anyways, so I did, (laughs) I got really excited when I was doing research for this because this is, again, I didn't grow up down here. Mm -hmm. I have never heard of this place. I didn't know anything about it. So I spent, I mean, probably a good week 
every night when I got home and even in the morning sitting here as I'm watching Drag Race and, you know, just researching the hell out of this because I was so intrigued. And it was pretty frustrating because at first I didn't find a lot. Like, it was just like, this is the basic history of it and there you go. And it's like, no, wait a minute. Like, I need answers. Mm -hmm. I need to know why they lost their accreditation. I need to know why people are scared that this place is haunted. I need to know what's up with these tunnels. I was having a very difficult time finding anything that was like, this is it and these are the facts. I finally tracked down somebody um, who spent a lot of time there, you know, throughout his life. So his mom was a patient there in the 80s. And in the 90s and 2000s, him and his friends would go exploring the place. Again, remember, there was still people, like, it was still in use until 2003. So him and his friends would sneak onto the grounds and, you know, wander and whatever. Here's something that's very interesting. I told you that the place was monitored by police all the time and by security and whatever. So in the early 2000s, the land was owned by a company called REIS. I'm not real sure. I I don't really care. But that's that's whoever owned it. So they decided that they were going to remove the security guards from the area and they were going to rent out. They put four trailers on the land and they were going to rent these trailers out to residents in the area that would live there and help monitor the grounds and also help to deter uh, trespassers. Mm -hmm. So this guy and his friends were literally handed the keys to the asylum. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like there was a, a gate, they had built a fence around the entire um, property and the gate was, um, uh, had a code that you had to use. So these, these people had codes. um, They had keys to the buildings. It was their job to, monitor so they explored obviously so i saw the neighborhood watch yeah yeah but it you know like you think about it and it's kind of weird because like i don't know having a civilian watch yeah Yeah. do they do a background check on these people like i don't you know they're just like "Eh, here you go yeah fuck it whatever i don't know you guys seem to know the place yeah it's so bizarre to me so um i've seen a lot of different photos and videos of the buildings and stuff. So it, most of the stuff you'd see like graffiti covered walls, broken windows, mm-hmm. um, buildings that have just been completely reclaimed by nature. And you know, like they're beautiful pictures. I you know, from an art standpoint, but it's also, you know, like you said, it's just decay. Right. It's, it's just more, more Detroit, uh, right. Ruin porn. Exactly. I talked to this guy for a little bit and I would have, like really love to talk to him a lot more um, and get like more personal stories about it. But then I realized that him and his friends stole from the buildings. Like they would steal like wall clocks or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's probably best not to put them on and yeah. identify them. And they, you know, would tag the walls. And I don't know, like I, I've explored some abandoned places in in the past. Like I said, I love exploring stuff like that. Um, but I really just kind of draw the line at, you know, fucking stealing shit and defacing, you know, property. Like I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So, so I didn't talk to him a lot about it, but I did see some videos that him and his friends made and mm-hmm. it's, it's literally just exactly what you would think. It's a bunch of walls covered in people's tags and you know broken windows and whatever like not a lot going on what i can tell so as i was looking for stuff in the 70s i i realized i just kind of i'm going back and forth so i apologize but back in the 70s 
um, patients would wander off the grounds. Mm -hmm. They would even steal cars, like, from the parking lot and, like, drive them away. Like, just later, like... Right. You want to get out of there. <laughs> Peace out, Girl Scout. We're, you know, we're going. What was ki What's kind of funny is that some of them would just return later on their own. They were just like... Yeah, don't know what to do with myself out here, so I'm coming back. What's also interesting about this, though, is that that would have been about the time that they stopped using, like, the music and art therapies and started using, like, more medications. Mm -hmm. And so I find, that, I find that interesting from a medical standpoint because it's like these people were being drugged and their medications were not correct. Mm -hmm. But also when they were using music and art therapy and they were being taught skills and they had something to get up in the morning for right they weren't leaving the property they were like this is home you know whatever so i just found that very interesting you can find like a lot of different newspaper articles online right like there's a website um northville record archives website which i will link on um the facebook page when we um you know when this when we release this episode, a lot of the articles, like the majority of the articles are regarding the patients that would wander away because people lived nearby this hospital, yeah. right? Like this was a residential area until they decided to build this mini city within a city. So there's people living down the road from this quote unquote crazy house. And they've got patients just wandering the fucking streets yeah. and people are scared, right? So a lot of um, a lot of the newspaper articles talk about, you know, the, the wandering patients. A lot of the members of the community felt really helpless because, they, you know, like people were like patients were literally knocking on people's doors and just like whatever. So there are some articles that I found that were more like letters to the editor type situation where people were claiming like Patients, family members were claiming like abuse and mistreatment, but there's not anything more on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's super crazy, too, because it just seems like if that was going on, like, why? Why isn't there more information? Right. Like, why can't I find more? And if there's anybody listening that has more information on this, I would love to hear it because I am I'm just I'm so fascinated by this. And I I I know that these things happen everywhere whether it's in a hospital you know you can go to henry ford and i'm sure that there's people that have you know that have abuse and and neglect um claims so it's not like it's a far-fetched idea but i can't find anything more on it so if anybody knows anything i'd love to hear about it this is an interesting little story so i found a reddit blog by somebody who grew up near the hospital the post was from like five years ago but the author talks about how when she was a young child a young black girl in a white dress had showed up at her home banging on the door and asking for a peanut butter sandwich. So the author's grandparents called the cops and the young girl was returned to the facility. Mm -hmm. Years later, the author is now an adult and she claims she still lives over there, right? Like she did five years ago anyways. So she, she still lives over in the area. So she claimed to have seen a white sheet hanging in the window of the hospital like as she's driving home from work or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she keeps seeing this white sheet and like one night it's up in the window and then another night it's down on the ground somewhere and it's just kind of like quote unquote floating around, right? So then she realizes one night that it's actually a dress. So that's white dress that she keeps seeing when she's coming home from work. 
So she goes into, so one night she's at home and she, um, you know, real Midwesterner. She's got a separate refrigerator outside for her soda and beer and snacks or whatever. Pop. Pop, whatever. So, um, so she goes out to her garage one night and she's getting herself a Coke and she turns around and she sees a woman crawling into her dog door. Yikes. Yeah. And so, you know, she's like, what the fuck? Like, she calls the cops. Cops come. Like, when as I'm reading this, I'm thinking the woman is seeing a ghost, right? Because that's what it sounds like. I'm like, what the fuck? So the cops come out, take this woman away, and then she she realizes that, or she thinks that it's the same little black girl from when she was a child, and this woman had shown up at her house wow. asking for a peanut butter sandwich. So the cops come out, they take this woman away, and the um, the author of the blog post had had asked the cops, you know, basically, like, can I get some more information about this? They're like, yeah, just call the station tomorrow or whatever. So she starts calling the station. The cops will not tell her any information, won't tell her who this woman was, where she came from, nothing. So she's like, I need to know, you know. So she actually goes into the police station to find out information, and they escort her out. Mm. Like, what is that? Like, yeah, they just didn't want to talk about it. But why? No idea. In May of 1985, two patients of the Northville Psychiatric Hospital beat, choked, smothered another patient who was then taken to the hospital and pronounced dead. 1985. 1985. So the suspects were charged with first-degree murder. A staff psychiatrist, a nurse, and three care aides were fired. I spent a really long time trying to find more information on this one as well because it it's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing. I even Googled the suspects' names, and it's like they never existed after this. I don't know what happened to them. As I was going through um, researching stuff, I was able to track down this guy um, who a few years ago was working on a documentary um, about Northville. So I sent him an email when he responded, he sent me a link of a website that's got oral history videos and archival photos of like a bunch of different state hospitals in Michigan. And what was very interesting is that as I was scrolling through to decide which ones I was going to, to listen to or watch, I recognized a face and I was like, this looks like Jermaine, our friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I jumped off the couch. It was like, oh, my God, who do you think this is? Yeah. And you were just like, that really looks like Jermaine. And I'm like, it is Jermaine. So back in the 60s and 70s, um, Jermaine actually had two brothers that were patients of Northville. She had an older brother and a younger brother. So in the 60s, because I think Jermaine was born in like. You don't have to say when she was born. Well, I mean, it's important for the story, and she's going to come and tell us about it next week, so that's really exciting. But but she was quite young. Like, we're mm-hmm. talking probably five, six, seven years old is what I'm gathering here. So she spent some time there as a child because her brothers were patients there. But then later in life, she was an intern mm-hmm. at the hospital. Um, so she's got some stories that she's going to share with us next week you know, firsthand accounts of what it was like. And hopefully we'll get more of the dirt nitty gritty type stuff that I'm, I'm looking for. Cause that's yeah. the kind of stuff I like, but yeah, it's super crazy because there's like, there's information, but there's like dead ends. No details. Yeah. There's just, just only rumor. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my childhood. I know. I know. It's crazy. A haunted little hill. <laughs> right. 
anyways, I know I've been babbling for a long time, so I will wrap it up. But there's 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 got to be more information out there. There has to be somebody that knows more that can tell me more. I think that you could do like, like I literally think an entire podcast could be devoted to Northville Psychiatric Hospital. Well, we've just done it. I mean, I'm talking episode like after episode. Yeah, like there's so much. I'm not going to do it if you want to. No, let's leave that feel for, free. for local four. All right. Good idea. We'll call Tim Pamplin and have him. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Northville Psychiatric Hospital. Part one. Part one. Yeah. Next week, we're going to um, have our dear friend Jermaine over. Um, we're going to talk to her. We're going to get her firsthand stories and um, any, you know, rumors or spookiness that she might know about. Right. The table has been set. The meal shall be served next week. Sounds good. Jermaine's bringing ribs. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, just that that whole little area was kind of creepy growing up because yeah. uh, you had Six Mile. It's what Six Mile and Sheldon area, right? Six Mile. You had the uh, the hospital. There was a big lots right by there. It might still be in business. I don't know. We used to go and try to find cheap shoes at the big lots. Then uh, you go down Sheldon. There was the the training school where the tunnels were, and there used to actually be a prison. A women's prison uh, at Five Mile in Sheldon, Ooh. which was closed uh, like the mid 2000s, early 2000s, closed, torn down, and they built a subdivision over it. They actually closed it because the neighbors who moved into the subdivisions that were built around it didn't want to live by a prison. Oh, I love that. But you bought the house. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. We're going to build this house in the middle of this, um, you know, deer sanctuary, and then we're going to complain right. that the deer are eating our petunias. Exactly. Yeah. People, Fuck man. Fuck those people. So, um, so, yeah, that's... NIMBYs, they call them. Not in my backyards. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Never heard NIMBY? No. Not in my backyard. Uh-oh. It's an acronym. Yeah, I got that. Okay, just so you're. <laughs> I didn't so at first. I was like, mm, interesting. Huh. Northville Psychiatric. All right, well, let's wrap this up. You ready to head out? Sure. All right. Text me a- when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Marty and Angie. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more information on today's topic, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Confidential.